Good morning. It's great to be preaching on this morning and seeing so many people uh, getting baptized. We've got people being baptized in every meeting, so it's an important Sunday. But it is an important Sunday to thousands of other people for a different reason, because it is the London Marathon today. How many people here have ever run a marathon? We got any people who've run a marathon? Yes, yes, one at the back and over there. Wow, we've got some healthy people. How, how many of you have ever run a 10K or a 5K? Woo! Yay, gosh. I'm impressed, I'm impressed. How many of you decided a long time ago you were never gonna run in any races? Yes, yes. I, I am one of those people I have yet to be convinced that running anywhere is a good thing to do. In my mind, there's lots that stand in the way of me ever running a marathon. I mean, there's my history. I was useless at sport at school. I was the last person trailing behind. Um, I, my physical fitness, I mean, I walk my dog, but that's about it. And then there's the embarrassment, you know, what you've got to wear and the fear that you're going to fall over or come last or injure yourself. And anyway, I don't really see the point, to be honest. <laughs> but one of our pastors really sees the point of running, and he is running in the London Marathon today, Charles. <clears throat> Yeah, we, we wish him well. And, it, you know, he is doing it for a very good point, a very good purpose to uh, raise money uh, in memory of his father uh, towards cancer research. So it's not too late uh, to sponsor him. He's always telling me how good it feels to run. I can't quite believe that. But uh, he's, he's trained very hard and he's researched and he knows exactly like how many minutes he needs to run on each mile and where the water stations are and the energy gels. And he's got his whole race mapped out. We'll see next week how, how he actually get up, got on. But in the New Testament, it talks about the life of faith as being like a race. So I want to read one of those passages. It's 1 Corinthians 9. It'll come up on the screen so let me just read to you this about the race of faith. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul here is picturing the Christian life as a race and he's urging people on to run the best race that they can, to start well, to keep going, to finish well. He knows that it's going to require sacrifice and self-discipline, some tough decisions, but there is a prize at stake. He pictures it as a crown 
that moment when we know that we have eternal life, that we are welcomed into the family of Jesus is a crown for us. I know that Charles made a lot of sacrifices to run the marathon today. He put a lot of time and effort into it. He gave up things to make that possible. And I'm sure he will be delighted, if probably exhausted, when he crosses that finish line. And so we want to start the race well and finish well. You know, in every race, there is like a ready, steady go. Sometimes it's a gun at the beginning, but there's that moment on the blocks where you're ready to go. And if you look in the New Testament, you find that at the beginning of most people's faith, there is also a ready, steady go. It's repent, believe, and be baptized. Peter, who was a leader in the early church, he preached a sermon to a crowd of people in the very first moments of the church being born. And he spoke about Jesus' life, about his teaching, about the way that he willingly died for us on the cross. And he challenged the people who are listening to put their faith in Jesus And the fact that if they did put their faith in Jesus as the Son of God, their shame could be removed, their guilt dealt with, they could be forgiven and no peace in their hearts. And the people, as they were listening, they began to call out to Peter as he spoke because they knew that a response was necessary. And they said, what shall we do? What shall we do? And this is what he said in Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The response to the truth about who Jesus is and what he has done for us is repentance saying sorry and belief in Jesus and a willingness to be baptized. That's the ready, steady go of the race of faith. So what does it mean to be ready? You know, the only qualification for starting the race of faith is repentance and faith. A change of direction, a change of mind, a change of heart putting your faith in Jesus. It's not about being perfect. In fact, it's never about what you can do. And you'll always feel unready for that moment. Charles was saying to him, to me, that one of the things that's so important on the kind of start line of the marathon is to forget about the fact that you really, you think, oh, I should have done more training. I I should have ate more breakfast or I should have ate less breakfast or whatever it is. You have to put those things behind you and say, I'm here and I'm going for it, even though I'm imperfect and I could be better. That's the reason we come to Jesus, because actually we aren't all that we hoped we would be. You know, Christine, when she was baptized, said this, At King's, I have watched so many baptisms, but I kept telling myself I wanted to feel a certain way or I wasn't ready. 
Recently, Jesus spoke to me and said, come, come as you are. What are you waiting for? We can be ready to be baptized if we put our faith and trust in Jesus. But what about steady? Well, in a race, when you're poised on the starting line and you're ready, there is a moment to kind of summon up your energy and, and commit. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, there is a moment to count the cost because following Jesus will not always be easy. It's going to involve choices sometimes that are difficult. It's going to mean self-discipline. It's going to mean realigning some of your things that you do and say and the way that you live with the word of God. It's going to mean walking away from some things. There are decisions to be made. And that's why we do a baptism inquiry session with people who are thinking about baptism to help them think through that and make those choices so that they are ready to go and be baptized. Joe, who's going to be baptized at the 5.30 meeting tonight, said this in his testimony. I'm getting baptized today because I'm ready to say, God, your way is better. I'm letting go of the wheel. I'm giving up control. I'm ready to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm excited to see what he will do with me next. So admitting that Jesus is Lord and bringing your life as far as you can in line with the Bible is a key part of that journey of faith. So ready, steady, go. Well, I think we would all probably hesitate uh, if we were at the start line. And when it comes to baptism, sometimes we hesitate because we worry about what people will think. We hesitate because we have to tell people that we're going to be baptized. We worry about giving our testimony, but actually not everybody who gets baptized has to give their testimony in words. We worry about our hair and what we wear and, and what it will be like to go under the water. And doubt can cause us to hesitate. But you know, the response to all God has done in your life, if you've put your trust in him, can't stay internal, individual, personal. It needs to be expressed. And that's what baptism is. It's a public expression of what God has done in your heart. Simone, who got baptized at the 9.30, said this, I read how important baptism is and how significant it is in my walk with Christ. I want to take the next step in turning away from my desires and live a life for Christ and with Christ. That's the step to just say, I've decided, I'm going for it. Now, I said I don't like to run, and I never run anywhere. But, you know, if I've been up to London, and I walk into the station, and I see on the board there that my train is on the platform, and it's just about to go, I will run. I'll get out my Oyster card, and I will go through those gates, and I will flop into a seat. On... There's nothing nicer, isn't it, when you sit down and the, the doors just close, and you've made it. And, you know, I, even I will run for a purpose. 
And there is a purpose to being baptized. There is a point to being baptized. It's not just a ritual. It's not just a thing to kind of tick off. There is a grace in being baptized. There is a blessing in being baptized. And some of those are this. Baptism is a celebration of what has already happened in your heart. You know, as humans, we love to mark events, don't we? Birthdays, anniversaries, achievements. We don't keep important decisions to ourselves. We post them on Facebook. We give our best friends a call. And when we get baptized, we're publicly celebrating what God has done. Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we want to celebrate what he has done in our life? And the going down into the water is an important mark, a symbol of the fact that our old life is gone. It's dead and buried, and we're living a new life. It's an important point of celebration in our race as Christians. Baptism is also an act of obedience. God loves to bless those who will obey him. Jesus said several times when he was on earth, if you love me, obey my commands. And one of the very last commands he gave to his disciples was this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. When we obey, Jesus is with us and will give us courage. Baptism is a witness. We've witnessed baptisms this morning, and isn't it great And it's lovely to have family and friends here witnessing the words and the actions of the people getting baptized this morning. It's also a witness to yourself, because as you go on in the race of faith, there will be moments you'll feel discouraged, moments you'll feel distracted, tempted. And it's good then to remember that day when you publicly said, I'm going to follow Jesus I'm going to obey him. I'm going to bring my life in line with his word. And that can witness to yourself and and encourage you to, yeah, I'm going to keep running because of that day. Baptism is an opportunity, an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit and move forward in your journey of faith. Often when people came to faith and were baptized in the New Testament, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul received his calling from God to be a missionary after he was baptized. And people have testified to me that on the day they were baptized, uh, they felt like um, things that they found difficult to break, the power of sin or habits They moved forward in those areas when they were baptized. Something happens when we're baptized. God rushes in with his grace and his blessing because we're stepping forward in the race of faith. It sounds good, doesn't it? But how do we decide when to be baptized? Well, let me tell you another story from the New Testament It's about Philip, who was one of the leaders of the early church, and he met 
a man who was an Ethiopian, a high official. And because he was a high official in the court, he was a eunuch, which was kind of normal in those days. And the Ethiopian was in a chariot riding home, and he was reading the book of Isaiah about the Messiah having to suffer and take on himself the punishment for people who were sinners. And he was kind of wondering what this was all about. And Philip ran up next to the chariot. I guess he could have done well in the marathon too. He had that get up and go. And the Ethiopian invites him into the chariot and starts asking him questions about this passage and about who Jesus was. And we don't know exactly what Philip spoke to him about, but it's clear that he explained to him what faith was about and who Jesus was and how Jesus came to suffer and die that we could be forgiven and set free. It's like the very first alpha, having those question and answers and that honesty and that discussion and those raising those doubts. And so the man goes on his journey, he talks to Philip, and then we're going to pick up the story in Acts 8, and it says this. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? I read this as a teenager. I was about 14. It was not long after I had put my faith in Jesus and decided to follow him. And the words, what can stand in the way of my being baptized, just jumped out at me. I had questions, though. I mean, why should I get baptized? I was already a Christian. Jesus had changed my heart. Why get baptized? Is it just a formality, just a ritual? But as I read the New Testament, I saw that time and time again, when people were baptized in water, they were filled with the Spirit, there was joy It was a great moment. But I had a bit of a problem because I went to a church that didn't practice baptism of believers. And what's more, my parents were leaders in that church. So everything in me wanted to say, no, just, you know, forget it. God has changed you in your heart. You don't need to go through this. Don't rock the boat. Don't do something different. But that verse kept coming back to me. Maybe like me, you've got family reasons why you don't want to be baptized. Maybe it feels awkward for you. You come from a different church tradition. You've never seen someone baptized like the way we do it. And I don't want to go into all the pros and cons of different church traditions here this morning. But when I, as a teenager, looked at the Bible, I saw that the Ethiopian, he didn't think that baptism was optional. He saw it as an inevitable, important first step of faith. So after some discussion with my parents and a friend of mine who went to another church, I went along to her church and spoke to the pastor, 
and I got baptized. My friends and family came along. I must say, I was nervous, and it felt a bit weird because I'd never even seen anybody baptized before, but I knew that as far as I was able, I wanted to run the race well, and I wanted to be baptized as I saw the challenge was there in the New Testament. You know, today we have heard from witnesses, and we've seen their faith, ordinary people choosing to make that decision. I'm sure for some of them, there was nerves to be overcome. There were maybe decisions to be made, things in their life that they had to put right before they came to this moment. They took the step. They decided that they would overcome the things that were stopping them being baptized. And that's the challenge for us this morning. You know, last week it was Easter and our family got together. It was, we had a great day on the Saturday and um, we not only had lots of eggs, but we did an egg and spoon race in the back garden. Now, that was mainly for my grandson, who is two and a half. They see some grainy pictures from my phone. Um, but it was amazing how seriously all the adults took it as well. <laughs> And we said to everybody, you know, if you drop your egg, you need to go back to the beginning and start again. Um, But they just, you know, went for it, and they were all running. And, of course, Bertie dropped his egg very quickly. So he just picked it up, and he held it in his hand, and he ran for all his might. And you can see him there finishing, full of delight. He loved it. Now, of course, we didn't say to him, oh, you're disqualified, you know. We didn't send him back to the beginning. No, we cheered him on and we laughed and smiled and he got his egg because we wanted him to enjoy it. And you know, God wants you to enjoy the life of faith. He is not burdening you with something that won't bring you blessing and joy. And if you've been a Christian here for a while and you've never got around to being baptized, he's, he's not condemning you. He just wants you to pick yourself up and say, what is standing in the way of me getting baptized? Because your heavenly father wants you to run the race well and know the joy of obeying him as best as you can. So today, if you're a believer and you've never been baptized in water, what's stopping you? Why not decide today that you're going to be baptized. Why not come along to our baptism inquiry on the May the 14th and find out more? And if you're a believer and you've been baptized, that's great. Keep running the race. Keep bringing your life in line with the word of God. Keep looking to Jesus who will guide you in that race. And if you haven't started that race of faith, you're not a believer, you've come along today, you've got lots of questions about what were people doing, why did they do that, are they sincere, is this genuine, who is Jesus, what is this all about, then I would encourage you today to sign up for Alpha and honestly and genuinely spend some time looking at the questions about faith. What is the purpose of life? Who is Jesus? Why are we here? 
Because I believe as you look at those questions, you will get some answers. And we want to help you with that. So we're going to take a moment now to reflect on those challenges. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask the band to come up and we will spend a few moments thinking about this. Lord, we thank you for the joy of those being baptized. We thank you that you are a loving Heavenly Father that calls us to step forward in the race of faith and find courage and strength and joy as we obey you. Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning who is a Christian but not baptized, that you will speak to them and help them wrestle with that question about what is standing in the way of them being baptized. Lord, come with your grace and encourage us, I pray. Amen.